And now, rate that album, season three, with Paul Muadib and Joe Fremming, two guys who know stuff. Hi, and welcome to Rate That Album, the back and forth podcast review with myself, Paul Muadib, and my good friend, Joseph Fremming. Joseph, how are we doing today, sir? Feel pretty good. You know, I wash my ass every day. <laughs> Do you get those socks? You got to fix the oh, socks? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Clean my teeth at about two or three times a day, too. Yep. Got to brush your breath. Um, you brush know, your you breath, got, man. Yeah. You know, you need different pair of socks, and sometimes you need the colored socks. And if you're going to wear one pair of socks to hide your dirt, then every, every, every other couple of days you wear the white socks. You can wear them probably one or two days. Yeah, that's right, folks. We're doing Lovage. <laughs> Nathaniel Merriweather presents Lovage, music to make love to your old lady by. Um, Joe, before we do that, I think we should just take a pause for a minute here and thank God that we don't fucking post our stuff on Twitter. <laughs> oh, I, I post sometimes. <laughs> no, do I'm you? On Twitter. Oh, well, well I'm probably not. not by tomorrow morning when the <laughs> probably not when this this show releases. But for all I know, Twitter will no longer be by the time. Yeah, yeah. we are. We are Twitter recording. is up. It deserves to die. It deserves to die. Literally like an hour. I think it was announced like an hour before we started recording I, that the, the thing went out. The article went out um, before we started recording this. So, yeah, we'll see what happens come over the weekend and the next podcast. Who knows? Oh, my God. The world we live in. Whoa. Too bad we already did Genesis. So, Joe, what do you know about Lovage and Nathaniel Merriweather and his magical band of misfits? So, my ex got me into this album. And that's around the time I started working at the Electric Fetus. And uh, she had a burned CD of it. And I was like, I thought I'd be a nice person and get her an actual physical release. This was one of those albums that came out and then like a few years later was completely impossible to find. It was just out of print like right away. So, uh, yeah. So for many years, I had no idea, you know, this is just, you couldn't get it unless you downloaded it. Mm-hmm. It was really hard to find. So yeah, I was excited for you to pick this. Cause one, I wasn't even sure if it was streaming Oh, wow. Okay. Because that's one of those things that it was, it went out of print that fast. And then like, I'd never seen a copy, uh, up until when I left working at the electric fetus in 2010, there was, it was still not in print. So, uh, yeah. So I was kind of surprised <laughs> this, but happily they have repressed it. It's on vinyl now and, uh, it's on all the streamers, but for the longest time it wasn't. Wow. I didn't realize that because I have an original print. Like of the yeah, CD. Most used to sell for like hundreds of dollars on Amazon. Oh wow, I had no idea. Fuck man. See, this, this is what it is. Yeah, I so my buddy, um, we went to school with Mojo Jojo. Um, he was always like in the like, you know, these kind of things, and he knew I was a kind of a Mike Patton guy. And he's like, dude, you gotta hear this album. He's like, This is straight up like you album. And I was like, All right, cool. And so I went and bought it and um went home and listened to it and i was like this is the oh uh, yeah this is this this is something this is a thing i'm listening to right now um so let's talk about lovage so it this is headed by dan the animator and joe i'm going to talk a little bit about that because we we're going to get to them a, you know later but what do you know of dan the animator the automator yep the automator yeah yeah he's a dj yep I didn't know a whole lot about him. <clears throat> I knew he did the Lovage album <laughs> that I couldn't find for many, many years. Uh, but that's about it. Uh, I know Mike Patton. I've seen Mike Patton live. He's a hell of a stage presence. And I, I don't really know. Uh, Kid Koala I was on here. I listened to Kid Koala back in the early to mid-2000s. And then the who's the female vocalist? Jennifer I, Charles. Jennifer Charles. Female. I have no idea what she's done before or since. Even so though she, I love her voice. Yeah, she was in Elysian Fields, is what she was mostly known for. Um, it's it, it's really good. Uh, they're, yeah. They have, I mean, she's going back. Um, 
she's also like a big collaborator. Like she did something with um, Oren um, Lodow. She did the Elysian Fields. Uh, she did the great Jewish music on a on a on a, a tribute album um, uh, to um, uh, T Rex Mark Mark Bolin of T Rex. Um, she's just kind of done all these different things, but her big thing that she's known for, like I should say collaborations, but she's always gone back to Elysian Fields, um, which is her and Orin um, blow, blow down. I recommend it. We'll have to get dig into it a little bit. Absolutely. Um, down the road um, with them. I, she has just one of those voices that is damn near perfection. Yeah. When uh, I actually first heard this album, I thought it was the singer from Portishead. Sure, yeah. Like yeah. I just thought, and then like for this review, I just want to say because it's us describing it, it's not really going to make a whole lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But if you want a frame of reference, if you haven't heard this yet, it's horny Portishead. It's horny Portishead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, yes, it is. It is horny. It is horny. And it's brilliant. Um, so yeah, so a lot of people when they think of jumping kind of back to, to Dan uh Dan the Automator, a lot of people actually like were like, Oh man, he's in Gorillas. No, he wasn't in Gorillas, he just produced their first album. Um, a lot of things like that. I think people feel like he was involved in things more than he was. At least that was kind of the conversations I was having with people when he first started coming around. What's interesting is Nathaniel uh, Merriweather and Chess Rockwell who is Prince Paul, by the way, have done things under a different band called the Handsome Boy Modeling School. So this whole Lovage thing, even though Prince Paul doesn't get a lot of um, love, as it were, on Lovage, which is ironic, he's still around doing stuff on this album as well. Um, Mike Patton, I think, is in the top five rock vo uh, voices um, of our generation. Um, the guy has a vocal range of six fucking octaves. Um, he has put done in, put into perspective. I think Mariah Carey only has five. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I think she only has got five optic uh, octaves. The guy which is impressive, <laughs> which, which again, I, I, I think I have two. <laughs> I, have one. I, have one. I think I have two. I think I have two octaves. Um, and that's going away as I get older. Um, he was in Faith No More, Mr. Bungle, uh, Phantomos, Tomahawk, uh, Dead Cross, uh, Peeping Tom, um, Hemophiliac, Neverman, and Kata and Patton, um, Coheed and Cambria, uh, Cambria, uh, Deftones, Five Finger Death Punch, Hoobastank, Incubisk. Um, all these bands cite Patton as an influence. Um, from just, I mean, Queens of the Stone Age, System of Down to Slipknot. This guy has done things. And what's unfortunate is most people only know him for Faith No More. And you told me an interesting story that he actually didn't like even being in that band. <laughs> no, none of them like being in Faith No More when it, <laughs> they hit popularity. They are, they're infamous with that. Uh, there's a reason why he wears a Mr. Bungle shirt during the epic video. I mean, that's phenomenal. Um, and then finally, yeah, Kid Koala um, is is another uh, – he's actually a Canadian DJ, mm -hmm. um, done a lot of things, movies, books, really an artist in, in, in general, a multi he, he does a lot of interesting stuff. I really like Kid Koala. Yep. Uh, he's done, what, five albums on Ninja Tune, and um, I want to say he did some stuff with, like, Trixie Whit uh, Whitley. Um, anyways, Kid Koala is awesome, and I toured with Radiohead, the Beastie Boys, Arcade Fire, Mike Patton as well, DJ Shadow. Just overall, really cool fucking dude, and been around for a long, long time. Um, so that's kind of what this hodgepodge is when we get into to Lovage. Now, it's all it is is it was a one time. I was really upset because it was they were together for two years, only really did the one album. Um, and they didn't go on to do other things. Um, let's, let's, let's go into kind of the, the album itself, Joe, I think. And then we'll kind of back into like what is and what was and what happened. So 
we start with Ladies Love Chest Rockwell, which is featuring Prince Paul because Prince Paul is Chest Rockwell. So, what do you think <laughs> of this intro? Well, it's just an intro. It's 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 funny. It's you know, it's this move, this album, a lot of it. People uh, probably uh, if you were if you were born after like 1990s or 2000s, you might not know, but there was a lot of albums that this album's kind of like poking fun of like sweet music to make love by. I mean, it's, <laughs> and it was like, kind of like this weird shit, <laughs> like yep. the cover, you know, I believe it's Dan, the automator smoking a cigarette <laughs> like, yep. looking yep. for a loan. Uh, and yeah. And so this album just kind of brings you in and it's just like, you know, just like horny dude, just being like, yeah, what, what gets, what gets you off? Baby, you know, that kind of shit, you know. <laughs> My favorite thing is, uh, I'm not going to let you, I'm going to let you know a little secret here. My man, Nathaniel Weathermere, you know, little running buddy from Handsome Boy Modeling School, made this thing called Music to Make Love to Your Old Lady by. Barry White used to work. Shoot. Even Abba used to work the way I was doing my thing. <laughs> you check. You check, well, Cognac. Well, Paul, have yes. you ever made love to this album? Uh, that is something, yeah, I will say I have. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to lie. Fuck it. I'll just come out and say it. Yes, Joe, I have boffed this album. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you something. It's honestly not an easy album to do it to. Because <laughs> there's a lot of comedic moments in this album. What about you, Joe? Have you made love to your lady by this album? Jesus, that's a personal question, Paul. Oh, Fucking yes. pervert. Anyways, how's your sex life? Um, <laughs> yeah, I probably I have I have yeah. And uh, but the thing is, like, it, I don't care what music's playing. Like, I'm just happy to be there. Yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just happy. I'm just happy to be participating in that ride. You know, so like, I'm not really paying attention to the music. You can yeah. be playing death metal for all I care. There, there, there. There is, there is some things here, though, <coughs> that really do take you out of the moment, but we'll get there. So next we get a uh, proper introduction here, uh, which is Pit Stop, Take Me Home. Joe, what's your thought on Pit Stop? This is a good song. This is a, uh, one of like a couple of songs, I think, that would actually serve as a single or something you could play, uh, find on a movie soundtrack, too. Mm-hmm. Like it, 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 I could see it existing outside the Lovage album. Not a whole lot of songs on here do that, but this one and a, a handful of others. I like do, it. I like it a lot. <laughs> do, you, yeah. do you know how many singles there were off this album, by the way? I'd imagine zero. There was none. Yeah, I mean, there was I, no this singles. Back, so this is back when uh, people would get together and do one-off albums, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Like this was, it was like a really creative period in the two thousands because I P two P services really liberated and it got bands that were outside the the labels and shit to be able to do what they wanted mm-hmm. and what happened mm-hmm. is with pro tools it made it pretty affordable to knock out an album and then yes. throw it online. so there was a lot of this kind of going on uh it's kind of gone away but i miss it like uh neon neon was another one that was kind of like this they did a follow-up album that wasn't as good but you know, it's the same thing. Like two people just get together and do a one-off kind of side project. Yep. So. They they fuck around and find out, and they make a goddamn good album. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but then it's like lightning in a bottle. They just yeah. They usually just won't. Mike Patton's got like sixty bands to worry about, so I could I I probably don't see another Lubbage album ever happen. No, and no, I, I I really don't believe another Lubbage album will happen. We'll get into that in the aftermath and kind of the after thing. Um, getting this some of the lyrics, licking your greasy spoon, jukebox playing my tune, <laughs> making out in your room, blowing up your balloon, playing you like a bassoon. But if I only knew. Where you're driving to, I wouldn't have let you fill my tank. Um, there is a lot of euphemisms here. Um, you, uh, think? <laughs> you think? You think this is? Uh, yeah, it's 
It's I, I love horny it. album. You picked this a horny. A, album. I picked a horny album. I mean, this is all you could say. <laughs> this album is horny. Speaking you of, we're horny, talking about that with typo negative, but this like kicked it up a notch. <laughs> this kicked up. This it is more than just me, like, it was giving me the vapors listening to it. You know? <laughs> like, oh my, <laughs> dude, dude. Oh my goodness gracious. I, th- I think when you listen to this album, like just. The CD itself puts out, uh, or the the vinyl, whatever you're listening to, puts out the smell of sex. Like it's just what happens. Uh, it that's a scratch and sniff album. It's that sexual. Um, next, we get anger management, Joe. Um, what's your take on anger management? Hold on, I gotta see. This is one of those albums where they all segue into them each other. It's mm, a very seamless mm, album, mm. so I I have the lyrics up, so I can kind of like keep a beat on what it was absolutely nope i can i can dig it yeah this was a good one too i like that it's another horny one but it's a little more uh there's a little more romance in the lyrics instead of you know getting down to the dirty um no absolutely um uh, you know and the music was like wind in your hair and then we might caress your silhouette kiss of the ocean mist in the air why must god punish me this way i and the 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 vocalization of Mike Patton in on this song because this is mainly a Patton song, and yeah. you can hear you can hear like the notes and things that he's doing. You can hear the Mister Bungle. You can hear that this has a Mike Patton flair to it. Yeah. Um, especially when you get to the chorus, um, and the fact that like he's doing this like, and again you can hear the octave difference here. Where he's down in the verses, down like this, you know, uh, eyes intertwined, and then you get to the chorus, and he's like, nah, 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 nah. and I can't, I can't go up that high like I used to, but it's, he is one of the best vocalists out there, and this song I think really does it. I love the instrumentation on it as well. It's just a good overall song. I love the uh, instrumentation throughout the whole album. In fact. There's an instrumental version of this album. There is. And I love that too. Like, because sometimes, you know, I just want to hear, listen to instrumental music. I listen to that. I listen to it a lot when I'm like reading because like lyrics and stuff will just distract me from the, what I'm reading on the page. So this is like one of those albums I listen to while reading a book. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, the vocals are great. Uh, sometimes he goes a little too much for me. That's always been my, my big critique with Mike Patton. Like he kind of shows off a bit too much for me. Mm, mm-hmm. too showy for my midwest sensibilities but uh yeah so yeah yes. it's good i just feel like he did a little too much on this one you know uh, and i will say well probably i don't know if we'll get to this album so i'm gonna say it right now he did mondo kane um and there's a lot of that going on in that album where he was doing a lot of showing off and i felt like it kind of took away from some of what was going yeah, on there, yeah, so yeah and he does that He's usually pretty good about reeling it in. And this one, it, it crossed a little bit too much into two. Like, not a lot that I didn't like this song. Mm-hmm. I think it's phenomenal. But, you know, he was he was uh, on the line there for me with this one. I can get that. I could. But, totally yeah, but there's times where he just goes too far. <laughs> like, yep. there are just times. Like, he's just, that's just, sometimes he just can't rate rain it in man it's all right he has the talent he can do it but (laughs) that's that's my thoughts talent run with it run with it so next you got everyone has a summer um i'll start with this one Uh, this is a nice kind of segue um i thought it was really interesting that you're taking samples (laughs) of fucking (laughs) airplane Why not, Paul? Why oh, this not is, sample airplane? <laughs> this is my point where I'm like, if you really do try to make love to your old lady by on this album, and then you get to the point where they're sampling airplane and you know they're sampling airplane, it kind of <laughs> like takes you out for a you minute. Know, you know, if you know you're you're you know like doing doing your thing, try not to say to your your significant other in that moment, like, hey, you're Kareem Abdul Jabbar. <laughs> Don't call me Shirley. (laughs) 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 Or worst, worst one yet is don't look at your, don't look at your lover and say, I picked the wrong day to quit sniffing glue. (laughs) Or, uh, you like gladiator movies? (laughs) (laughs) You know, you don't want to say that to your lover at that point. No, 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 you don't. Um, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love the instrumental. It's, it's so the good. The thing is, is like, yeah, it's uh, 
it really shows the talent of Dan the Automator and Kid Koala and everybody involved making it because it's the music. Like I said, it's Portis headish and it's very much in line with if you ever listen to Introducing by DJ Shadow. Yes, very yes. kind of like it's sample heavy, but it it's not disjointed like when you listen to like say maybe like early Beastie Boys or Run DMC. It, the samples are just fluid within the ins- with the bass almost. Mm-hmm. So it just really just gels together. It's a really tight, tight sounding album, despite it samples and, you know, DJ work production. But it's so expertly done. It is. So expertly done. It is expertly done. It is amazingly well done. And, and, you know, there's just, there's some, like I said, there's some tongue in cheek satire going on on this. But it is, it is so, so ridiculously amazing. Um, next one on the list, we go to Catch a Thief. <sighs> Joe, I'll let you start with Catch a Thief. Why don't you start once? All right, fine. <laughs> I'll just, start. You're always right. like teeing me up, and I'm trying to remember the song. All right, all right. All right I'll then start. Then we have I'll Dead start. Air, I'll Paul. God. God damn it's it. It's almost as embarrassing as we have this reminds sex. me. Uh, this reminds me of back in 1996 SummerSlam. No. <laughs> oh, God. Not again. <laughs> No, um, this is another, this song right here, I think really shows up and there's a couple of really good tracks on the album that play up. There is, uh, at least in uh, audio wise, there is some real chemistry between Mike Patton and Jennifer Charles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh my God. They are, they are voice fucking each other. This whole album. Um, and this song here starts with this intro, and then you get um, Jennifer Charles going, and you get Patton coming in, and just, you know, you're getting that, uh, you know, it's, uh, okay. If you so, thought Endless Love by Lionel Richie and Diana Ross was intense. This is, yeah, this is, this is way more. Um, coming to my window, it's open every night, that's where I'll be waiting, I'll keep off all the lights. I'm lying in my bed, crown jewels on my head. I'll never give you up. So coming from the cold, let your guard down. I'll hide you from the cops. Don't be frightened now, my love. I'll take a life of crime to make you mine. Come in off that rooftop. You're so handsome, dressed in black. See you in the shadows. I like to take you on your back. Take this precious treasure. I will treasure you. Mm, Yeah, we'll be kinky. We'll be strange. I mean, boom. There's just... Yeah, and they're just playing off each other. You hear Patton around the background. You hear Jennifer. She has just this really breathy way that she sings, and it is hot as fuck. Joe, you go. Yeah, no, it's yeah, it's it's great, and she, her voice is so uh, again, it's very. Uh, I don't remember the name from Portishead, but she's very like in line with that kind of vocals. Mm-hmm. And except it's really horny on here, and I like mm-hmm. it. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it's it's, and again, you know, their voices are great together, duetting, and it, it blends so well again with the production. This is a very production heavy album, and it's it's done right. Like this is one of those things where you could see people just going overboard mm-hmm. production wise, like you know, with the airplane references. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> but it, it's it. It it's there, but it's it's reeled in. Like it's you know, it it's not a joke album. So I mean that's so it has that the winks and nods, but it's also very, very well done. It is very well done. Um the next song is Love and Alibis, which is another um uh, this is it's the one pretty, yeah, it's instrumental. Um I mean it does have lies and they you know, they're saying lies and and alibis over and over and over, but it's really just there it's not really you're listening to the lyrics again really well done um it's it's hard to you know when we're doing a podcast like this to really be like okay this is the notes and this is the things they do um you know because again it it feels like one giant piece too in a sense Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. each other but it's very like you know it has that like r&b the kind of like 70s art but it's very jazzy too like yes like it feels like it's you're hearing a stand-up bass i'm not sure if it is but it certainly sounds like it to me. So, yeah. And, like, on top of that, you have these layers of samples and uh, 
um, scratches and all that from the DJ from Kid Kowal. And it's just so, uh, it just kind of, it consumes you. It's an experience. It's one of those albums like where you listen on headphones, it just kind of takes you for, takes you on like a sonic journey. Yes. A really horny sonic journey. A really horny sonic journey. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, then, you know, we just said, you know, it's, it's not a joke album. It's being serious. Then we run into Herbs, Good Hygiene, and Socks, Joe. Now this one I'm going to let you take away with. You can start with this one, Home Slice. <laughs> well, you know, you got to clean your asshole. You know, Paul. I mean, like, it, that's just how it is. <laughs> it's, it's a sample of a guy talking and talking about cleaning his teeth and shit. It's 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 it's, it's Africa um Bambada. Uh, <laughs> oh, is it? It is. It is. It's Africa Bambada. It is. That's awesome. I love Africa Bambada. <laughs> yes. Planet Rock is one of those uh, seminal albums. So. Yeah, no, it is. It's Africa Bambada, dude. That's what makes it great. Um, you got a guy saying, "I don't dig a lot of the establishment." Well, your ideas of virtues may work for you, but they don't work for me. Um, as far as I'm concerned, some are with it and some aren't. Hmm, that's a hard one to say. I'd say, I'd say, well, wash your ass every day. Wash your whole body every day. Brush your teeth like two or three times a day. And it's funny, but it's like, yeah, but it just like, it it blends into, so like, unless you're paying attention, I don't know, but like, you know, you got the, do any of these things prevent venereal diseases besides <laughs> robbers carrying <laughs> or herbal or salt and pepper around your pocket? Oh, up in your pocket and get mixed with your lint and cotton. <laughs> oh, well, mess with the flavor because when you take the herb and put it in your mouth, you're going to be eating something. Then you got a little string of lint pulling on your teeth. So you take it out and use the string for flossing. That's, that's far out. Somebody would say shit like this too, right? <laughs> right? Like, we all know somebody who would say some weird shit like this. Like, <laughs> like we knew like people in high school and I've come across more people over the years, but you know, you know, there's that one guy who just says weird shit like this and you just sit there amazed. Mm. I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's brilliant. And, and, socks, Paul. <laughs> you know, I got to admit when you said, you know, kind of know people like that, I got to admit, I, I, I kind of remind me of sometimes the answers you would get on love line back in the day <laughs> where it was like nonsense answers, which you get back. And you'd be like, that's that nothing to do with the question. They fucking ask guys. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Drew really. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes he would just go off on these weird tangents and Adam Carolla would, go even weirder oh christ so next we get book of the month which actually does have a music video for it it's like one of the i think this song and one other song have a music video and i can't remember what the oh stroker ace yes uh, <laughs> Yeah, which we'll get to, we'll get the stroke race in a little it's bit. It's my there. favorite song on the album <laughs> for a multitude of reasons. Um, Book of the month. Uh, I like this one. There's a nice duet thing here. You know, there is. You know, yeah. you're the biter. I'm the sweet. You're the gr- <laughs> griddle. I'm the meat. Mm-hmm. Turn you on like the electric company. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> I mean, you and me are the disease. Ooh, the vapors, Paul. Oh my. <laughs> I mean, when you listen to it, it's and it's filthy. Like it's you and me are, dirty are, are the disease. This is one of Jeffrey Gore's dirty albums. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> you and me are the disease, and the germs are spreading. Use me like Listerine. Keep your brush fresher. Feel the stroke of your paintbrush. My blank sheet of paper. I'm your book of the month. Read the fine print later. We'll invent new four-letter words. Oh my. god. God, yeah, dude, so good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, and again, the back and forth they're doing. Um, you're the circus, I'm the freak. You're the trick, I'm the treat. Ah, oh, it's so great. And the way that they're going at it, this is another one of those ones where that's that chemistry between Mike Patton and Jennifer Charles. Uh, I don't really know if there was chemistry, like like in in reality, but my God, if it did not feel like it on this album. I don't know. Mike Patton seems like a professional. I don't know if he would. Just, but then again, I don't know Mike Patton. Right. I don't. I, yeah, I, I, I do know he wants pissed in actual Rose's orange juice. So good for Any, him. Anything's possible. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. No. I mean, 
I'd, I'd piss in Axl Rose's orange juice. I'll just say Why it. Why not? Why not? He fucking started a riot a couple of times. Um, next, we get Lifeboat. Uh, this one. I wasn't a big fan of this. Yeah. Uh, this is a low point on the album. I'm going to say that. This is a low point on the album. Because it feels like it's going to jump into a chorus and it never does. That right. was kind of my complaint. It feels like it's building to a chorus, but it never gets there. And oddly, it's the chorus on Stroke or Ace that I felt like would have fit. Would have fit here? Would've I get that. Here. Yeah. And so this felt like just almost a throwaway. It, like, it, and I feel like it is because, again, this also breaks one of my cardinal rules, which uh, our listeners know what I get pissed off about is when you use the same lyrics over and over and over and over and over. And this is one where the same lyrics are used four times, like like the like the chorus. How can it be that we defy this tragedy, find this lifeboat in the dark? Is it wrong that we've come together, veiled in sour, bear the spark? Now, I get it. This song is about cheating and having an affair. I completely get it. I get where it's coming from. So like they're using it, that as the as like a chorus, but it's not a chorus. Not, that's, that's, that's a weird thing. It's like, I like a, you know, I'm kind of, I'm almost on the same page, like repeating lyrics. Uh, if it's done to a certain effect, it works. So we just, as we discussed, you know, like, is there anybody out there or hey you or whatever? But here, it's it feels like they're using that as the chorus, and it doesn't work because it's not. Yep. So you're yeah. just repeating the same lines over and over again. And you're kind of just uh, padding it out. That's what I, I would call it's padding. Yeah, yeah. This is. It would have probably been better off making this an instrumental. Agreed. Agreed, sir. Um, because again, it feels like it's going to break into that chorus from Stroker Ace. And it just doesn't. You're, you're kind of feeling it's coming, and it never, it never gets there. So yeah, this could have just been an instrumental, or yes, uh, yeah. And then we move into Strangers on a Train. Um, <laughs> I like this one. This uh, it's was, a. This it's was a another song. really horny. Song. It's another horny song. Like you know, like you know, like. If, like, she came on the train was saying that stuff to me, I'd be like, I gotta go to the bathroom. Right? <laughs> like, right. You know, you're making me uncomfortable, lady. Like, pardon me, sir, is this seat taken? I've already heard you is say... Seat, if somebody said, pardon me, is this seat taken? I just That's when I'd clam up, be like, yes. <laughs> I, I know, you know what? I know you would. <laughs> <laughs> I am very uh, awkward around people, so <laughs> that's why Paul can, knows that. <laughs> like, I'd I be like, see. yep. <laughs> I can see you just being like, nope. Uh, and then and then it goes into, I overheard you say uh, not stirred, uh, not stirred, but shaken. And I could really throw one back. Such thirst does not always permit for tact. So if you would, sir, pardon me, a stiff one is my speciality. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, this is another really this horny song. Yeah, this is good, though. I kind of like the, the vibe of this song. Yeah. And her vocals, too. Like, I like it when she's singing by herself sometimes, too, just because she has such... It can be so easily... It can be easy to be overshadowed by Mike Patton. Mm-hmm. Yet the guy is fucking just oozes talent. Yes. Like, when she when uh, she gets time to breathe and have a song, it's really nice. And I will say, for most of the time with the lyrics, it is nice, and there's a particular song in general... Where I feel like Mike purposely not that not that she's not talented, but he is reining himself in to like let her shine a little bit. Mm -hmm. yeah, and uh, he's, he's pretty good about that too. Yeah, he is. Like he's so, a pretty good collaborator, except when he's with Faith No More, because I feel like those guys just hate each other. Yeah. So I think they do. Well, they, we all know that. It's so fine though. Get, they made great albums, Paul. Sorry, they don't have to like people to make great art. That's a valid point. Um, the Beach Boys did not like Charles Manson, and they made wonderful art together. They made um, a okay. great Charles Manson cover. <laughs> never, never learned not to love off the, the 2020 album. Yep, absolutely. Um, next, we get a uh, Lovage. Love that Lovage, baby. <laughs> Where it takes the, the 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 chorus from "Love to Love You, Baby." Mm -hmm. from, uh, what's her name? Uh, Donna Summer. Donna Summers. And this one features Damon Albarn of Blur and Gorillaz uh, <laughs> doing the vocals on it. And it's just like a, it's like a fucking, uh, it reminds me, well, I mean, it really is because they're talking about old English. Yeah. Um, so it's like a fucking, um, oh, God damn it. What's his name? Um, 
Lando Carissian. God damn it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Billy D. Williams. It's, yes, Billy D. Williams. Colt 45, baby. Yes. Double malt. <laughs> Tell you selling Colt 45. Old English lovage alcoholic Cordell. Savor the old English Cordell originally distilled from Devon herbs and spices. <laughs> I mean, it's not really a uh, song lyrics. It's basically, like, again, like, uh, kind of like a, almost a Barry White, like, yeah, baby. Yeah. Parts Hennessy, one part. Lovage. <laughs> 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 and it's, it's it's great it works <laughs> but yeah it's just yeah and when you it's realize like it's it fits the, with the theme of the album which is you know like the plays right in put on put on the old phonograph ball and like yes. woo the woman woo or, the woman at the fireplace whatever you're whoever you're with and the bear skin rug yes sir again <laughs> you're your Burt Reynolds mustache. <laughs> yeah, baby. Uh, next, we get uh, probably the most famous song off this album because it was uh, it's the only cover. Everything else was original. We get Berlin's Sex, I'm a... Um, this is the one I was saying where I Patton really keeps it in check um, because mm-hmm. in the Berlin version, it, you know, obviously the, the lead singer being female... Um, Really, you know, there, but there was that back and forth. I like this version more than the Berlin version. Yeah, Not, I've never listened to Berlin, so I'll just say this version's better. Um, okay, and okay, you can do that. I'm just, I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate. I just did. Then. I just did. Okay, fine. I'm going to play devil's advocate because the Berlin version is far more faster. It was like a, um, a. Okay, it's a new way. It's wave. like the it's, Tears for Fears, like Mad World, like let's speed it up and have circus music, and it's gonna be great. And it's like, it's oh. new. It's a new wave song, and they convert it to what this is. And I love the instrumentation on this album. Yeah, um, the big band sound, everything, and I just the lyrics kill me. They killed me when it was Berlin. It kills me when I'm old because. There's so much being said here um, that Berlin was saying a tongue in cheek at the time. And I feel like with Mike Patton's voice, the way he's doing it, he's really pointing it out, which is the, the chorus, which is I'm a man. I'm a goddess. I'm a man. And that's yeah. all the man's part is the girl I'm is saying, yeah, now you're a man. <laughs> now you're a man. And that's what he's doing here. But the girl is a goddess. She's a virgin. She's a blue movie. She's a bitch, geisha, little girl. Um, you know, <laughs> we, we got to bring up the the samples too, which is like a French sounding woman talking about white men go to hookers. Yes, yes. <laughs> which, you know, yeah. yeah. Go on. No, it's 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 good. It fits it fits right in there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like and the it, samples on this album are fucking phenomenal. phenomenal. Like, I don't know where this is from, but I love it. <laughs> I want to want to know where it's from so I can. No why why this happened. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like I love going down those uh, wormholes like that. So I it's like when it. I found uh, the sample, like you know, on Beastie Boys, it was going to be that kind of party. I'll stick my dick in the mashed potatoes <laughs> sample. So I went years ago. I went down a wiki wormhole to find out about That's that. Phenomenal. Like, I do shit like that every now and then. Well, let's see. Let's see if I can find it real quick here while we're doing this. But yeah, so the whole point of the, I feel like the song's pointing out, and Weird Al actually did the Berlin version for one of his polka versions, um, and it's. Um, uh, scenes, secrets from a sex worker. Um, I don't know. It may actually, uh, it doesn't say where it's from. So anyways, but the whole point of the song is kind of pointing out this trope of women are all these different things in bed and the man's always a man. Um, yeah, the, and when you, a weird double standard, it's a weird double standard that this is pointing out. Like, you know, and like at the end, she calls him a fucking piece of shit in the suck it fire hose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We are accusing somebody of being as cold as a starfish ball. I mean, well, I mean, there you go. Oi, 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 oi. So yeah, you got that. And then um, what's? Oh, oh. Uh, we made a little mistake there with my notes. I closed something I shouldn't have, Joe. I closed something I shouldn't have. All right, there we go. Perfect. 
So next, we move on to Koala's Lament. Koala's Lament? Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, this was a good basic, basically an instrumental. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It I is. Koala showing off his his skills, and he has skills. So, yes. Yeah, it's a mm-hmm. nice moment. So next, you get Tea Time with Masio, featuring Vincent Masio of De La Soul. Um, and, uh, it's again, it's just another one of those funny little in between things. that's just, <laughs> <laughs> I have this mooshu sauce that goes very well. It's very zesty and sweet. He's really crazy. He's really horny. <laughs> Randy, is that what they call it? Randy. <laughs> so yeah, uh, you got that. It's just kind of its thing. Joe, we're going to get to your favorite of the album. <laughs> Stroker Ace. Stroker Ace. This has like a really good, I love the chorus on this, and the lyrics are hilarious to me. It's just, <sighs> I get like, it's in the title, everybody. You know what they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's also forget, but it's also a play, because Stroker Ace was a Burt Reynolds movie from 1983. Oh, God, yeah. Fucking right it was. Fucking right it was. Yep, Stroker A. I, I, am, I am not embarrassed at all by my love of Burt Reynolds movies <laughs> in the 70s. Like, you know, Cannonball Run. Gator. <laughs> yeah, fucking Hooper. Hooper. Hooper, yeah. Deliverance. Hooper. Deliverance. Hooper was a good movie, honestly. Hooper, Hooper was, was a great movie. Yeah, and then, you know, Smokey and the Bandit wanted to. Smokey and the Bandit. Yep, Those were good movies, like, for what, you know, like, yeah, so, like, I have no qualms with Burt Reynolds. I think he was great. Uh, he he was for his time. He became he a caricature of himself later on, but like in the seventies, he was doing shit that like most actors would not want to touch, like Deliverance. So. Yep. Yeah, dude, he was doing um like again, uh, yep, Deliverance. He was doing the longest, the original Longest yep. Yard. Um, he's done. I mean, his catalog, his work. Honestly, he was a goddamn good actor. White Lightning. Um, so yeah, I didn't get an Academy Award nod for Boogie Nights, like Boogie Nights, which he didn't want to do actually. He hated Boogie Nights. Well, he He didn't know on paper, was one thing. Like, once he did it, he liked it, but like, you know, being a CD porn producer, you know, on papers is probably not what he was looking for. True, before he died, he was going to be in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes, that's right. He was going to be in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and he passed away. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then in the 90s, he did Cop and a Half with... Uh... <laughs> I'm not going to let you talk shit about Cop and a Half. <laughs> oh, you guys do that on the next showdown. Uh, so next is... Uh... <laughs> yeah. So go on with Stroker Ace and the and the song. Not the show, but the, not the movie, but yeah, the song. Yeah, it's great. It's like, stroke that shiny coat. <laughs> Stroking is the anecdote. It truly is, Paul. It, it truly, truly is. is. I this song's so good. Yeah, uh, like this should this could be a single. This could exist outside of Lovage in a Mike Patton uh, show. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is like this is one of those songs that kind of transcends, and I, you could hear it elsewhere outside of Lovage. So yeah, it's a it's yeah. really good. It is really, really catchy. Really, good. really catchy. Yep, and what's interesting is it's not it's not Patton singing on this one, it is Dan the animator as Nathaniel Merriweather. Yeah. Yep, and it's really well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, the lyrics on it are um, uh, I don't even know if I could do the lyrics of this one. Hey, don't you like to lap a spot of cream? <laughs> okay, I was gonna go there. Uh, yeah. Okay, my tail alone could tell you tales. I've, it's got a life all of its own. Watch it move just like a sail, sail you into the twilight zone. I love to lap a spot of clean cream, and I assure you that I am neat. Um, but you never know what to expect when, yeah, and then we'll go from there. But yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 So, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Then we, at, yeah, okay. <laughs> Yeah, then we end with Archie and Veronica. <laughs> oh, yeah, a reference to the old Archie comics. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
Um, it's just this one. I, I again, this one is also kind of a, a patter point. Like, I felt like if they really could have ended with Stroker Ace, that would have yeah. been like, a great way to end the album. Yeah, this one just kind of happens. It just comes out, and then it does like the false end thing. It goes back to back yep. to the but it's not bad. I would probably just put it elsewhere on the like replace Lifeboat with this. And then yeah, Stroker Ace. But yep, that I'm in the boat with you. So. Joe, we made it. I'm sweating like a fucking pig. I got the vapors, Paul. <laughs> I got the vapors, dude. I'm all hot and clamped over here. Um, Joe, that was uh, Lovage. Nathaniel, actually, Nathaniel Merriweather presents Lovage music to make love to your old lady by. Um, let's talk about the aftermath before we get into our recommendations. Um, actually, Joe, no. Let's do our recommendations first. What would you recommend? Well, let's do the aftermath. Well, we end with recommendations paul uh, quit upsetting uh, the boat well i fine but fine god try to give recommendations yeah do recommendations first joe so, god fine i'll do it paul do it god right. damn it joe yes i would recommend <laughs> god damn it's right, a great album and i'm glad it's actually available for people to buy it was one of those albums like I wanted to own a physical copy of because I thought it was that good. You know, like I'd like to kick some money to the people who made it, but it was out of print for so long. I'll probably get a copy now. It is amazing. Yeah. It is amazing. Um, I'm absolutely with you on board with this one. Um, <clears throat> I completely recommend it. The reason why I want to do our recommendations first. And, you know, we talk, first of all, we talk about kind of perfect albums and things like that. Um, the instrumental version takes out some of the jokier songs um it takes out ladies love chess rockwell um it takes out herbs good hygiene and socks um and it takes out um it actually moves some of the songs around like archie and veronica's moved the album actually ends with everyone has a summer it's really good mm -hmm. um it, both it, ways are uh, solid to go like mm -hmm. again like i'll listen to the instrumental version if i'm reading or want to I, I just want instrumental music. It's a really just good, like, DJ sample mm -hmm. music. So, yeah. Yeah, it's fucking great. So, the reason why I want to do our recommendations first is when this came out, it actually didn't get a lot of love. Um, Metacritic uh, put it at 66. Um, all music gave it um, two and a half stars out of five, saying, well... Um, it's quite well, Dan, the automator is quite the, uh, possibly one of the most accomplished beat pro processors in the realm of art, hip hop and electronica. His strict composer approach on this project is occasionally unaccessible and at times unlistenable. Um, Pitchfork gave it a four <laughs> out of five, 4.5 out of 10 saying my biggest gripe about Lovage is that it finds a number of clearly talented artists constructing the same song continually without variation. Now let's pitchfork has historically had its had its head up its own ass. Mm -hmm. It's just people hipsters with a thesaurus. It's all pitchfork is. It's just hipsters with a thesaurus and an art degree. Their reviews mean absolutely jack shit to me. Like, there's other places I'll like I'll give Metacritic and all music more of a you know chance, uh, maybe spin now and then, like shit like that. But for the most part, I will never take music recommendations on Pitchfork because they're fucking historically terrible. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I will, and I do tend to lean that. I don't. I think Pitchfork tries to be contrarian for being contrarian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the best Onion article we had it up at the at the Electric Fetus when I worked there, and it was the Onion. It was like Pitchfork gives music an eight point five out of ten. Um, Blender gave it a three out of five, saying Lovage is music to put ladies in the mood and works both as satire and actual wake up, wake make out fair. Um, so the album didn't really do a whole lot critically. Um, it peaked at number 37 on the U.S. independent albums and do well internationally. And I that is why we will never get another Lovage album. I don't, um, I don't think that shit would even matter to these guys honestly i don't see mike patton giving a shit what 
charts and shit like that is. He's one of those guys who just does whatever the fuck he wants. So no, but I think I think you know the anim, uh, the um, I think Dan and I think uh, I mean I don't think Charles cares. I maybe, but I just think they look. I just at think it these go, are a group of people that don't give a flying fuck about charts. So True. like you could probably get one, but again, they're always they're all so busy. I wouldn't foresee it. Plus, yeah. it's grown grown appreciation over the years. Like more people know about it and really like it. So like, I wouldn't give the the initial release because again, this was hard to find after when it came out. Yep, and it was on, it was on seventy put out on seventy five arc, um, and seventy five arc was basically it's a hip hop label. Um, and they were actually the first one to, um, uh, first record label to sign a deal with Napster when the Napster thing went down, um, of allowing their stuff out there. And Adeltron 3030 was on, uh, 70 arc, Dr. Octagon, Anti-Pop Consortium, um, and Lovage. And that's really, and the cool and the next man. And that was really it. That was all that was on arc. Um, it was distributed by Tommy Boy Entertainment, and Tommy Boy had a much more. I mean, that was Bismarck Key, that was Africa Bambada, which is why he was on this. You know, and uh, um, that had Digital Underground, um, that had Handsome Boy Modeling School, had Ghostface Killa, um, Gucci Mane, um, Naughty by Nature. Like Tommy Boy was for a long time a really awesome um, hip hop label. Um, and they sold to Reservoir Media um, quite recently. So there's that. Um, but yeah, so that's why I want to do the recommendations first, Joe, because I wanted us to do it and then kind of show that, hey, it didn't really get the accolades it deserved back in the day. Yeah, uh, a lot of people were really stupid back then. It was, uh, they just didn't know what they were listening to, and or they're just being contrarian dicks like Pitchfork is like every day of their lives. So again, like I just, when I hear like, indie hipsters like oh that sucks like it's probably something i'll love <laughs> so i think the biggest problem with this was again you got to remember it was 2001 this is out there in terms of very sexy i, I, I people got to remember that sexy music in terms of being this explicit with it was not something like again WAP. This nothing here was going to hit the mainstream. It was not going to be allowed. It was not going to be allowed. Where if WAP came out and the fucking came out at the same time this album did, it would have been buried and no one would have been allowed to talk about it. I don't know. Little Kim was pretty popular at this time. She was doing stuff like WAP. She, like she was, but it wasn't. I mean, yes, like WAP, but she opened the door for things like that. This is like. Hey, we're all, I mean, this is, this is uh, audibly very, very, very horny. I'm not saying little Kim wasn't don't, don't get me wrong there. I'm just saying little Kim, she gets lumped in with dirty rap because like one or two of her tracks and album will be dirty, but she also puts out some things, you know, that isn't, I think like, I mean, which is interesting. I think one of her biggest hits was a dirty rap song, but when you listen to her albums as a whole, there's a lot of other things going on there. This is just a straight up fucking fuck fest album. That's my thought. That's my, that's one man's opinion. Yeah. And plus also like going back to like this label, this was a time when indie hip hop labels were just blowing up everywhere. So there was a lot mm -hmm. of saturation again, because of P2P, a lot of these indie hip hop artists were starting to get known just from word of mouth off of, you know, the internet message boards a few years later, MySpace really made a huge impact on it. But yeah, it's just like 75 arc, unless you were like in an indie, indie record store was, that's the only place you were going to get it. And like indie nerds probably had no idea what the fuck this was. So right. They didn't buy it. <laughs> yeah. And that's the other, yeah, that's another thing too. Cause yeah, like, you know, rhyme sayers popping up. You had Anticon on the, on the west coast you had all sorts of just these band these collectives that were starting labels and just like really just diying it and so there's a lot of stuff out here like this that just kind of fell by the wayside because it just nobody knew what it was valid point sir 
Um, and I mean, I think I, I, you and I would have known what it was because we, Mike Patton, we knew it yeah, was coming. Yeah. yeah. We had an in, like a lot of people, yeah. had an in, but this was so different from what they, a lot of people knew from Mike Patton, mm-hmm. which was another thing. I think probably a lot of people, uh, everybody's expecting Mr. Bungle or faith no more. Uh, this was like a side. I don't think a lot of people heard. Like, you know, he would go on to do a, a, some of you know a little bit more of this vein with Peeping Tom. Yes, he did with hip hop. That's what I saw him on tour with opening for Charles Barkley. Uh, yeah, I love Lovage and Peeping Tom. I thought those are those are probably my favorite Mike Patton projects. Peeping Tom's really good. Yeah, Peeping I do. Tom's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Peeping Tom's really good. I did get in a tomahawk for a little while. I tomahawk's did get the, all right. Yeah. Yep. Mr. Bungle, get, I'll love. Like California will always be. <laughs> phenomenal. I love that album. I love that album. Um, California. I tried. I mean, I was in high school and that came out and I'm trying to get people to listen to it. And like my friends and they're all like, what the fuck is this dude? You're fucking weirdo. And I'm like, it's the best fucking thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I got my hands on that one. Um, our, I think it was our junior. It was our. It was came out. Uh, at, came out in the summer of our senior year, and I was obsessed with it when we came back to school in September. And like in my homeroom, I'm trying to get people to listen to it, and like my friends are like, "You're fucking weird, dude." And I'm like, "Fuck you guys! <laughs> this is phenomenal." <laughs> so, Joe, let's get to pluggies. What is going on at the showdown? Uh, we just. Drop the clerk's review, and then uh, Brown picked uh, Cool as Ice, the vanilla uh, ice So, yeah, I have that going on in my life. Joe, do yourself a favor. Just buy the Riff Tracks version of it. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. I am not ashamed to admit that I watched that movie not that long ago. Um why why would you choose to watch that movie paul what is wrong with you (laughs) dude dude i have a penchant for horrible movies i really do there's horrible movies and there's that (laughs) i'm still all in i still i was there and i was for it actually i you know i i I watched it out of principle honestly because i used to i mean everyone it's a joke you know it's a joke of a movie everyone makes fun of it and i'm like you know what man i'm gonna put my money where my mouth is if i'm gonna make fun of a movie and crack jokes and shit make fun of something i'm gonna watch it so that was kind of my thing and i had some people over and I always like to put on like terrible movies, like when people are over, because that's the kind of host I am. I'm the guy that likes to steal the ox cord and fuck at party, fuck, fuck with you at parties. So yeah, I was like, all right, guys, we're gonna watch a terrible movie, and then we're gonna watch a good movie. And I picked Cool as Ice as the bad movie. So yeah, it was a bad day for Vanilla Ice. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bad day for everyone, Paul. <laughs> for everyone involved. Well, that's like, cool. Run to Paul's place again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> That's really my secret ploy to keep people the fuck out of my house. You go to that guy's place, you watch a vanilla ice and birdemic. <laughs> um, so Joe, what are we what are we doing next week, buddy? Oh, Paul, we are in for something. Uh, for something. I feel like we have not done enough queer music. Okay. And since you picked Lovage, I'm going to pick a side project from another member of Faith No More. Ooh. We're going to go with Roddy Bottom, who okay. was, I believe, the keyboardist, and his boyfriend, Joey Holman, their band, Man on Man. They recorded this pop album during the initial lockdown of COVID. And so we're going to give that the old college try. And it's called, the, so, so it was the called band- Man on Man. Man on Man. Is that the band or is that the album? Yeah. <laughs> it's both. <laughs> uh, hang on. <laughs> hang on here, sir. All right, let's see if I can find this here. Oh, we'll find it. <laughs> All right, let's see here. Uh, man let's do a on. Google search of Man on Man. Paul. Man, man on Man artist. All right, which. And is it just the one album? Yep, just the one album. 
Uh, wait, wait, wait. No, there's two. There's a 2014 and there's a 2021. Well, they did it in lockdown, so I'd pick the 21. <laughs> All right, you picked the 21, sir. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm in. All right. We yeah. got this. We, we got, got this. It. We got this. All right. Whoo. Ah, uh, yeah, that's yep. This is the thing we are doing. All right. <laughs> I'm all in. I am all in, sir. Okay. Yeah, let's just face it. We do it a lot of straight dude music. Let's we do. Let's do a little. Let's give a. Let's expand our horizons a and, little. Oh. Dude, dude. For all we know, this could be like the 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 next coming of Right Said Fred. I'm in. I'm in, dude. Oh, like, I, I, full disclosure. I've heard this album before. Oh, you I've have. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm I'm all in. Like I said, I am here for this. This so. was like a. This is yeah. I don't. Yeah, you might like it. I don't know. We'll give it a shot. <laughs> I liked it when I heard it during COVID. Fantastic. Like I said, no, I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, I really, I love listening to new music and finding things and doing things I haven't done. And I, I'm all, yeah, I'm yeah, totally. I only listened to a little bit of it, so I'm not even sure if I'd like a whole album, but we'll give it a try. We'll see we, where it goes. Awesome. Like I guess I'm all, I'm all for it. So let's, yeah, let's I want to, you know, you pick Mike Patton, I'm going to pick Roddy Bottom. Absolutely. Hundred percent. And I feel like I'm butchering that last name, but that's how it's spelled, so I'm going with it. Going with uh, Roswell Christopher Bottom. All right, we can do it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, sir. Yeah, he was also an Imperial Teen too. So yeah, yeah, he's a yeah. good man, a great man too. So yeah, yeah, it is. So I mean, if he's doing a side project or something during COVID, I'm totally all for it. Yeah. Um. So all right, sir. Well. Do we have anything else we want to discuss before we go? I think we covered it. Fantastical. Joe, do you want to take us out? Oh, no, not at all. This has been Rate That Album with Paul Muadib and Joe Fremming. Thank you for listening. <laughs>